The only constant in business is change. Welcome to Trends, Bends, and Opportunities, the show that explores business ups, downs, and possibilities. I'm Pat Lynch, and I'm a retired police supervisor, and now I teach and mentor real estate agents who are looking to stand out above the rest. My partner is Dr. Lauren Murfield. He's a former college professor who now works with business leaders, small and large, to do what they never thought possible. Together, we're Doc and the Cop, and we're here to help you think bigger, reach higher, and do what you never thought possible in order to deliver disruptive success for today's world. Let's go. Small business owner. He's millennial. He's got a lot of different perspectives. We're not going to spend a lot of time building up his accolades. You, you can read all about it. You can talk to him. Talk to anybody in town. You, he'll know. You'll know. He or they'll know him. How about that? And uh, so with that, welcome, Jeff. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. And uh, Jeff, you're, tell us a little bit about your business. So we uh, have been in business since 1984. It was, the company was started by my father. Um, back then it was, when he first started, it was called Insurance and Things um, in 1984. And then he quickly changed the name to Insurance and Trust or IAT Inc. Uh, is our legal uh, DBA name. Uh, we are a um, personalized property and casualty insurance agency. So home, flood, auto, umbrella. We also specialize in life insurance, disability income, and long-term care. Uh, in terms of what we focus on, we tend to uh, do a lot of business with white-collar business owners, blue-collar business owners, and white-collar professionals. Insurance. I'm tired uh, already. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure, you know, you had lots of insurance for a pandemic, right? Oh, yeah, especially because back in 2013, um, when SARS came to be, most uh, commercial insurance uh, uh, policies um, said, well, we're no lo longer going to cover a viral outbreak with business interruption. So a lot of my time, and even though we don't specialize in that, a lot of my time has been educating our clients to say, unfortunately, that's not something that, that is covered. Um, and, you know, um, thankfully, we don't do much in the commercial space, but uh, with the commercial agents that we do know, they're spending a lot of time educating their clients as to what can be done um, in those sorts of uh, manners. So Jeff, is your, and, and I don't know, that they, that's why I'm asking, I ask honest questions. Uh, is your dad still around? He is, um, he, he, uh, he still comes into the office uh, pretty much every day. Um, and uh, uh, he very much is the lifeblood um, of our company. I, he sounds like somebody I'd like to meet because somebody would, that would name their place insurance and things <laughs> Sounds like they're just a regular guy, just Very a good so. all-around guy. And Very much so. That's all. That's awesome. I, I love that. So, Jeff, what what has business been like for you, other than informing people that you can't cover that? Hmm. So, which makes you a popular guy? Absolutely. So, we've been very fortunate. Um, the only uh, employee that uh, was around with our company in 2008, 2009 happened to be my father. And so, in, in leading up to this, um, we very much leaned on his experience to say, okay, what could we be doing? What should we be doing? And he, um, he very much said, look, we're going to be focusing on new business. We're very fortunate. Um, our clients tend to be very loyal. They know the uh, value proposition that we bring, but the only way to, um, 
to keep revenue uh, high is to bring in new business. And so um, we, we changed a little bit what we were looking at doing. Um, there was a, uh, a department that I was working on, you can call it being uh, an entrepreneur, if you will, um, that I had been spending about two to three months preparing. And the, um, the, the outbreak, the pandemic kind of created the, this perfect opportunity to say, okay, we have everything we need. Let me reach out to our existing clients. Let me reach out to uh, people who are in need of, of this particular service and it's specifically financial uh, planning. Um, and we were able to, uh, to bring in six or seven new relationships. I mean, that really helped us uh, keep us afloat um, during this time. So you do financial planning as well as insurance? We do. So how has that worked with the stock market pickups that have been going on? So, you know, uh, I'll, I'll explain it like this. Um, I was looking at my portfolio about, uh, I don't know, three months ago. And I said, oh, wow, we're down, uh, you know, 20%. Um, and my wife said, we're not down. We don't need the money tomorrow. And so it's a really important, and I give credit uh, to Kara. Um, she's very, uh, very smart that way. Um, we, uh, unless you need the money tomorrow, um, it's simply taking a snapshot at a moment in time. And so a lot of our clients, um, we, we certainly had conversations with them, um, but most of them were very willing to stick with where they were at or even um, uh, invest some more depending on what the circumstances were. But what's interesting about financial planning, and uh, yes, we certainly talk about retirement and, and, and goal setting and things of that nature, but the number one uh, characteristic that people have in common is that they recognize they're in some type of debt. Could be mortgage debt, could be credit card debt, student loan debt. Uh, the number one thing that, they, that our clients are recognizing is, I have to get over this debt. And so part of the services that we offer is a debt management plan. And so it's not, uh, it's not a credit correction or anything like that. It's simply utilizing um, what the interest rates are for the various credit cards or for the various loans, um, utilizing our contacts and connections to see if refi uh, refinancing those loans are possible. If not, um, what we can do to get uh, people um, you know, uh, to, to take full advantage of, of what's going on in the world. Hey, Jeff, I know long-term care insurance is uh, one, of, one of your offerings and, and uh, not trying to get you to, to get into a sales pitch, but sure. what, how do you think um, the long-term care um, rates will be in light of the tragedies at uh, the nursing homes across the country? Is so it it's, an, it's an interesting question, Pat, because um, long-term care insurance are, is one of the few insurances that um, that rates can go up. If you compare it to life insurance, if you compare it to disability income, a lot of times the rates are very flat when you're looking in, in the personal market. Um, when you apply for life insurance, um, the rate that you have, it's gonna stay the same um, for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. In the case of uh, long-term care, that's not necessarily the case. And so uh, what we will probably see is over the next, three years, five years, we'll start to um, see uh, what that increase looks like. Um, thankfully, most insurance companies are not uh, quick to um, make changes. Uh, they're gonna wait to see what the claims uh, uh, looks like. And so with the data being so limited at this point, 
um, in terms of long-term effects. Uh, we don't have a, a true knowledge of what it will look like, but I will tell you that if there is an opportunity for insurance companies to raise rates to make sure that they're financially solvent and are able to pay the claims that they've agreed to pay, then they'll, they'll certainly exercise that. So let's switch gears a little bit, Doc, and let, Doc unless you had a question. No, go ahead. Oh, um, so you're the uh, chairman of the Board of Governors, obvious at the uh, Center Club, and uh, obviously this is uh, um, this was created by the business committee of the Center Club, and uh, we're proud members of the club and of the business committee. Um, so we started this to try to keep people connected uh, when we couldn't connect. Now the club's starting to back be back open. And what are you seeing as far as utilization? And, um, and there's really no metric to put it up against to say, well, the last time this is, you know, we're 20% better than we were last time because we're, we're writing a new playbook here, aren't we? That's exactly it. So whereas um, uh, prior to uh, the pandemic, uh, the club was open uh, breakfast, lunch, uh, Monday through Friday, and dinner um, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Right now, the club is open for uh, breakfast and lunch, and uh, for dinner, it's open on Thursdays and Fridays. You know, there, there are some of our members who are very excited about utilizing the club. They want to um, get out from the house. They feel, um, uh, they, they feel comfortable in terms of uh, stepping into that environment. But I would say there's uh, some of our members who still are not comfortable yet. Uh, and so there are some opportunities in terms of taking advantage of some of the to-go offerings so that you don't necessarily have to um, come to the club. But uh, I can tell you that um, the uh, employee partners and uh, management over at the club are certainly taking the sanitation very seriously. Um, and they've, uh, they've actually shown pictures on, um, on our social media channels um, showing uh, what the coffee service looks like, um, that it's, it's serve yourself and um, kind of the distance, dis distancing between um, tables and chairs. But um, if you have the opportunity and if you uh, are a member of the club, if you haven't gotten the chance to, uh, to visit and see what the new offerings are, I highly encourage it. you're a business leader and you want to do what you never thought possible, connect with Dr. Murfield at murfieldcoaching.com. That's murfieldcoaching.com. Hey, their dinner last week. Um, we're, we're coming to an event uh, later this week. Uh, um, don't know that I'll make it for a meal before then. I might make TED Talks next week. I'm planning on it. But um, well, you know, got this calling Wednesday. coming from a distance. Um, we have wind on Wednesday on Thursday. Yeah, <laughs> Wednesday on Thursday, Thursday on Wednesday. It's really screwy, but that's okay. That's it's called adapt and overcome, and mm -hmm. that's what we're doing. I'll tell you. But every time I've been to the club since it opened back up again, it does feel clean. It feels safe. Uh, everything's very intentional. Um, everything's spread out. In fact, I wish we could keep it that way. I know that doesn't fit their business plan for long term, but the Bentley's Lounge has been turned into the work area and it feels huge. It really does because everything is so spread out and safe. And so uh, I definitely appreciate that the club has done that and they've done a great job with the food 
and takeout has been great. We had Easter dinner uh, brought down to the car, didn't even have to leave the car. Uh, t totally touchless experience. Uh, so that was awesome. Well, and Pat, it's funny because uh, for those who are members of the club pre-2015 when we did our reinvention, Bentley's used to be the working area. So everything old is new again. So Jeff, can uh, non-members utilize the takeout? Uh, I do believe that they can uh, utilize the, those services. Um, you just have to call um, the, uh, the front desk and they should be able to assist you. Um, and uh, uh, the other option that you have if you want to actually uh, dine in the club is if you know a center club member, they can certainly host you. But yes, uh, non-members can utilize uh, the to-go options. So if there's any non-members, you know, just uh, go there and say that you're Pat Lynch's guest <laughs> and uh, go from there, right, Pat? Yeah, my member number is M. <laughs> that's kind of an inside joke. You have to know that one, but that's uh, <laughs> but, one uh, of the nice things that I like that that Club Court did for us was, um, you know, obviously we are in one of the few times we can actually say we're all in this together. Right. I mean, we, everybody across our whole country has been, a, been affected by this. But uh, one of the things they did is said, okay, you know, as long as you'll keep your membership, we'll give you credit to, to purchase food. And, uh, and, and so while the club was closed, we actually earned our money back, which hopefully will further incentivize folks to get back in and use the club, even if it is just for takeout. So mm -hmm. I appreciate that uh, suggestion as far as takeout. It's a great idea. If you're not ready to venture in, I, some people it kind of looks, it, it's almost like October and you're not sure whether the pool's warm enough or not. <laughs> and so people are kind of getting their foot out there and it's, it's just, it's an eerie, it's been eerie the last yeah. few months. I, I agree with you. I think what the other thing that you'll see is, okay, so in the state of Florida, we're now in a phase two open. And so I'm willing to bet that those um, who are not comfortable uh, uh, going out when we are in phase one, they're probably just going to start to venture out and react the way that you would in a phase one opening. Um, I think that uh, a lot of those people are also paying attention to the numbers and to the data that is available in terms of making determinations, you know, so long as they don't have comorbidities and things of, of that nature, because of course we want everybody to be safe. So Jeff, we kind of have three different age groups here in kind of different decades or whatever represented i know my my wife went to work for one of the first times today um i ventured out to the business committee last week and i just felt you know there's a little trepidation going out you know oh do i and, and part of that is you know do you use a jazz hand and say hi mm -hmm. to them you know you can't shake hands you bump elbows what do you do what's this next normal um but there's this kind of an apprehension you can feel in your chest that first time out Mm -hmm. But like Pat says, once you got into the pool, you don't mind getting out and getting back in again. Um, do you feel that same way as being, well, let's just say much younger than I am? Oh, yeah, very much so. So the first time that I actually- Very much met... younger, by the way. But... <laughs> oh, really? I thought I, thought I, 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 thought I was uh, the silent generation of the group. I didn't realize I was the youngest on, on this call. Um, but uh, uh, the first time that I actually ventured out- um, uh, to meet with someone face-to-face, -face. and uh, it was uh, someone that I've known for over 10 years, so it, it, I'm not really at the point where I'm meeting people for the first time, you know, out, 
um, that thankfully for Zoom and other such um, technology, I'm able to do those things. But if it's someone that I know, someone that um, I, I have a, a long-term relationship with, um, I'm, uh, I met with them um, and uh, we ended up going to Goody Goody. Um, and it was, it was quite a relief when I walked in and saw how people were taking advantage of the, the appropriate distancing. Um, I was no, I wasn't even close to six feet in terms of sitting across the table from him, and it just provided a certain sense of relief. Um, uh, Thursday is going to be the first uh, day that I'm actually uh, stepping foot in the club. I've taken advantage of their um, to-go services, but with uh, me living in the new Tampa area, uh, the West Shore Business District is not exactly next door. So unless I had a reason to go, I wasn't uh, uh, utilizing that. Um, but so. It'll be very interesting to see what Thursday looks like, but I'm trying to um, make the intentional choice whenever possible uh, and be respectful of um, you know what that process looks like. Well, I hope Ashley's not watching because you just gave me a great idea. If we got her a bicycle, <laughs> she could bring the food to you up in New Tampa. Sure. Uh, last I checked, it's 24.2 miles from uh, from the Center Club to my house. So. Um, and, and we are heading towards the summer months, so I would not wish that on anybody. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, we'll put you know, that in the hopper and let that stir around a little bit. <laughs> it's 23 miles to my place. Pat, how far is it to your place? It's probably about that same distance. So well, I mean, look at this way. By the time she's done, she'd be in really good shape. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it is interesting. You do bring up a very interesting point. About 60% of our members actually do not um, live uh, in the West Shore District. They may work in the West Shore District, um, but a lot of uh, our members utilize it as a secondary office space. And so if you think about who's coming to the club for that purpose, it makes sense that uh, a lot of us live as far out as we do. Well, you know, Jeff, one thing that I haven't heard articulated yet is, you know, it's like, why would anybody join the club now? And to me, the thing I keep hearing is, it's really tough to get golfing reservations right now <laughs> so that all the advantages you have if you're a golfer but i know some of us are going up to the citrus club this friday mm -hmm. so we can make use of our our benefits there plus we're still getting um well we're not still getting but we have the, when we paid those dues we're getting that credit that we can use and we get half off meals why else would you tell somebody to join the club now so you know, when, when you're in a, a time of crisis or when you're in a, um, a time of concern, uh, the reality is that um, you remember those that do the little extra. Um, the Center Club uh, service has always been um, phenomenal. We have uh, some incredible employee partners and incredible management. Um, but now is, you know, um, uh, while the club was closed, uh, a lot of our employee partners were furloughed temporarily. And so this is an opportunity to help um, those that, uh, that, that may need it. Um, it's also an opportunity, you know, the club being open, if you do need that secondary office space, if you are in a position where you can entertain clients, this is a great um, way to do that. Um, the programming that uh, the, the Center Club is offering a lot of it, of course, has uh, gone virtual. Um, as you all mentioned, our Wine Down Wednesday, our monthly uh, wine tasting, that's put on by one of our board members, uh, the court queen herself, Karen Cook. 
um, that's actually going to be in person. But so over the next, I would say, four to six weeks, we're going to see some of those activities coming back online. And there really is always something to do at the Center Club, um, you know, whether it's, it's uh, having a meal with a, a prospective client or um, entertaining uh, your office or simply just an opportunity to network with our other members. Uh, and so it's as good a time as any. Um, the food is phenomenal. The service is uh, second to none. And uh, with the exception of uh, Dr. Murfield and myself, we have some pretty good board members. <laughs> I well, concur. That, oh, wait a minute. Wait. <laughs> the, thing that I, the thing that I like is that it's all about the connections. We used to say, probably can't say it anymore, we used to say that the currency of the Center Club is a handshake. If you're a Florida real estate agent and you are looking to stand out above the rest, check out Momentum Real Estate at winmomentum.com. That's W-I-N momentum.com. Well, it might be jazz hands now or whatever, <laughs> but bottom line is it's relationships. And, um, and it's not it's not going there to sell the people that are there. It's there to build relationship, to find those people that could find value in your products and services beyond the doors of the club. Absolutely. There are many times and there have been relationships I've been able to create where um, I don't do mortgages. Um, I have zero interest in being a mortgage broker, but uh, there have been people that I've been able to refer um, that need those services, and I don't see anything from it outside of uh, helping someone that I know, like, and trust. Well, the, the other Never. part with the club is uh, community. Not, it's not just you know, like uh, Doc talked about. We're going over uh, later, later this week. There's ten, twelve of us going over to the Citrus Club um, and having a little mini weekend of it. Um, and uh, it, we've done this couple of times before and it's been a pretty good experience and it's it's uh hanging out with different people and, and really getting to know people and just having a good time together and enjoying the community of each other very much so and the other thing that i think of as far as the value of joining now you know you zig when the world zags and you find great opportunities and if there's not a lot of people thinking that it's a great time to join when you do join all of a sudden, you've got a chance to meet people and have good conversations in times when a lot of people are just sitting back having, let me see, what, what do they call it, Pat? Snow day? Snow day. <clears throat> but Absolutely. I, I, I just think that now's the time to, to really find the opportunity. So, Jeff, uh, you, would you classify yourself as a millennial? Uh, technically, uh, by, by the year that I was born, I am the first year of millennial eligibility, depending on the theorists that you subscribe to. What can, what can you share with us as far as the trends that are going on? What, what kind of thinking is going on in the mind of that age group? Um, I think, surprisingly enough, millennials, um, from, a, from an economic downturn, this is their third or fourth that they've been through. Um, so if you look at uh, 2001, 2002, the, um, the, uh, the, uh, the dot-com um, bust, if you will, the oldest of us were in college. 
Um, the, the youngest of us were probably in middle school. Um, and then in 2008, uh, some of us were already working or in graduate school or maybe law school or just graduating. And so we were coming into um, an economic environment of uncertainty. Uh, and then now in 2020, um, seeing what that looks like. Um, so I think we're pretty uh, adaptive to trying to make the best of a, a given situation. What I, what I think is more interesting is uh, the Generation Z and then possibly even the next generation, they've had their defining event. Um, we've talked, and I'm sure on this podcast as well, you all have talked about what that quote unquote new normal looks like. Um, what are the things that we're never going to um, see again? As an example, um, my, uh, my son who's 16 months old, uh, he hasn't started preschool yet, but he will be starting in the next couple of months. And the place where he's going, his teachers are gonna be wearing masks the whole time. He, he's not going to know what what a smiling face looks like in terms of with his teachers, oh. you know, and so uh, it, it's very interesting to see what that looks like. In terms of the conversations that we're having with um, with millennials, a lot of it is centered around technology um, and how they can best utilize Zoom. Um, what I think is also interesting in, in talking with members of our older generation um, in the workforce, they're seeing how how technology can really benefit a company. You know, as an example, we've talked at length about um, there may come a day relatively soon where um, our staff uh, may be in the office one or two days a week and the rest of our time, we're gonna be working remotely. And so it'll be very interesting to see what commercial realtors um, go through and what that looks like. So those are a few of the things that, that you know, I don't wanna say keep me up at night, but they're the things that provide me pause in terms of what is that going to be over the next years and months? Well, and, and what's going to have to come from that is, is trying to find the opportunities that exist. It's just like Zoom. Uh, Zoom is a four-letter word, by the way, and sometimes <laughs> we do, feel do, like it, don't we? Do you prefer WebEx? Is, is that what I, what I hear you're saying? <laughs> no, that's a five-letter word. I, <laughs> It, you know, it, it, it's, it is amazing uh, that we, you know, we went from not being able to do anything kind of, there's no such thing as a virtual open house to the only thing you can do in real estate is right. a virtual open house. Now we're back in kind of a hybrid mode. Um, and I'm hoping that, uh, you know, I, I had a, I had a friend, uh, son who I've been trying to help buy a house for years and it's, there's never just the right opportunity is just never there. And they called about wanting to see this house. And I said, hey, you need to do the virtual tour. Let's do the, let's set up a virtual tour because there's always some minuscule thing that one of them doesn't like. And we've just wasted all our times. And it's something that was readily visible. And so I said, hey, why don't we, you know, why don't you take a look at the virtual tour? So they did the virtual tour. They said, yep, we're still interested. Um, and but at least that gave me that extra layer, at least before we all uh, inconvenienced a whole bunch of people's schedules, um, we had an extra layer. So I'm hoping that that's one of the opportunities that comes in real estate. I think insurance and other businesses will find that same thing. I had last week, I had my first uh, telemedicine follow-up. So I've had telemedicine I've called because I've had a sickness or whatever, but to actually have uh, University of South Florida Health uh, get the doctor on the phone and do a follow-up 
camera to camera was actually kind of nice. I'm thinking, wow, why haven't we been doing this all along? And what opportunity is that? I didn't have to drive all the way up to USF, go through the whole process, get through the building, then go up there, sit in the waiting room, go back. They have to clean the waiting room, all that stuff. And then, you know, wait for the doctor. And then the doctor comes, comes into the exam room, tells you the five minutes worth of stuff he was going to tell you. And then he leaves and then I leave. And then they've got to clean the room and start all that again. And instead we were done in a five minute phone call. And so there are some huge opportunities that are going to come from this. I hope people are looking for that. Uh, uh, being a disruptive thinker, uh, I, I'm always looking for that. Um, but what what opportunities do you see? Uh, what other opportunities do you see, like in your business or in, in engaging or being an entrepreneur? So, um, in our business, um, some of the trends that we're seeing. So, if you're talking about personal lines, home, auto, flood, umbrella, um, a lot of them are very uh, focused on um, price. And so a lot of our calls have been coming in. Are there things that we can do to save us some money because um, you know, we, we got laid off or we're in a furlough position? And so that tends to be where we're spending a lot of our time and energy in that department. What's interesting about uh, COVID-19 is um, usually in the life insurance and disability market, uh, in order to get coverage, you had to consent to um, uh, what's called a paramedical exam. You get your blood drawn, you provide um, a urine sample, et cetera. What they're doing now is um, that if it's under a certain threshold of coverage, they're still going to underwrite the risk. They're still going to um, look at the third-party uh, services that they use, but they're not requiring those sorts of things. And so it's created a new opportunity. People that maybe are afraid of needles um, or whatever, um, they've, you know, um, for better or for worse, pandemics tend to create a certain amount of fear and fear creates a certain amount of um, sales opportunity. I don't know how else to explain it. So there have been um, those sorts of things that have kind of come to, uh, to the, the forefront. Um, the other thing, you know, and I mentioned this on, on the call earlier, uh, in our business, there was an opportunity to create a new line of service that we had not done previously. And so, um, we were very fortunate. Uh, most of the research that um, needed to take place, we were able to do two and three months prior to that. And so when the opportunity presented itself, we were able to um, reach out to the people that we thought would be a good fit for it. So, you know, um, my father said very early on during this pandemic, um, at the end of the day, we're trying to help people. And so if there's something that we offer where we can help them, Maybe it's something that we haven't sold previously, or maybe it's something that we have not been as interested in focusing on. But if that's the opportunity that's available, then that's, that's where you go to help your clients. Be sure to like, follow, and share us wherever you're tuned in today. Well, Jeff, you know that I've written actually three books on compassion, and compassion is coming alongside of others to help alleviate their pain. It's exactly what you're doing in your business, and um, and that's to me what's what's fascinating about this pandemic is that uh, early on, Pat and I watched, and there were a lot of people just sitting back, 
basically saying, throwing up their hands, there's nothing I can do, can't do anything. That's when Pat and I had one podcast already scheduled um, to start, and then we decided to take a, a different, a second angle and really start developing some other things in there. And that's, um, we see those people that are really kind of kept their nose to the grindstone and really kept looked their eyes to the horizon at the same time and seeing opportunities. Um, you know, and that's why we've had uh, Jeff Gianti doing the virtual chef dinner and we've had other people that have done fantastic things. Um, we have a guy on next week that's expanding his video business this year. And it, it's just fascinating to see that. What other type of millennials do you know and see that are actually expanding or increasing their work during this time? Um, so there's not anyone that specifically comes to mind per se. I will tell you that the organizations that I belong to that um, are uh, quote unquote young professionals or are millennials, um, everyone's kind of in a different spot. You know, um, I, think a, I think a lot of the conversation, you know, focuses on technology and how they can better utilize the technology to get in front of prospective clients or um, be able to, you know, as Pat said, give a virtual home tour. Um, and so that tends to be what the focus is. I don't think it, it splits along um, generations, except that some generations are a little more comfortable adopting um, that sort of technology. Uh, the reality is, is that in the four or five last economic downturns, they all look different. There are some similarities. There are some things that are, are nothing to do with it. But those that are successful um, get outside of their comfort zone and say, what is it that I can do to help people or help my clients? And then what is it, what is, what are the skills that are necessary in order to be able to accomplish that? And, 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 you know, if I have to focus on a new area, then let's do that. You know, the, I, it's cliche, but necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah, we've, we've said that once or twice on this show. <laughs> hey, Jeff, uh, I know we're close to the end, but what, um, what opportunities do you see uh, for the club in all of this? Well, expanding the takeout option. Sure. So it's interesting when, um, when my year started as chair, um, uh, I, who knew that we would be down a general manager, that we would be in a pandemic, that our club would close for three months. And so, um, you know, the, the opportunities are, are endless at this point, because in a lot of ways, it's, a, it's almost like a brand new club. Um, we're just starting to, in, in our conversations with, um, with Chris, our membership director, we're just starting to see um, how many members we have that stuck with us. Um, what are the new offerings that are going to be offered um, to, to uh, get new people in the club? Our private event space, um, that are, are, uh, they still exist, but our private events, you know, um, it's very difficult to have a private event when you're not allowed to have more than 10 people in a room together. So I think what you're going to see to Dr. Murfield's point is that um, there are going to be opportunities. There are going to be offerings that maybe we didn't see before. And so um, I think that that's where the focus is going to be. Um, 
Interestingly enough, takeout has always been an option, but very few of our members have taken advantage. And there are various reasons why we could probably spend an entire podcast focused on that one topic. So we won't. But um, suffice to say, I think that that's going going to be um, a more successful venture, at least in, in the short term. We'll see what that looks like six months and a year from now. That's awesome. I know our time's uh, almost over, Doc. Um, did you have any last questions or? You know, I, I just think that uh, I love what Jeff's doing with the, uh, you know, just focusing on solving problems for people, helping people. And I think that's one thing that um, it took a weird turn because, you know, we this phrase, and that, that's my background is in communication and language. When we're here for six, seven, eight, nine weeks, we're all in this together. Then the last two weeks of this division has just been kind of mind boggling. Um, and, and I think if we go back to that notion of helping people, and that's what it's all about, um, that's where we all come together, no matter what we look like, no matter what our background is. And if we're looking at saying, how can I help you, that um, incredible, Incredible things can happen from that. Um, I'm curious, Jeff, uh, of course, Pat and I have, we started this because we wanted to connect people. Do you sense that Club Corps would be open to maybe growing something virtually across clubs? Uh, I think Club Corps is always open to an idea. Now, whether or not it actually happens is, is something else entirely. But, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, uh, the vice president who oversees um, the center club, uh, he, uh, I believe, is responsible for 18 different clubs. And I want to say that the center club was one of the last two to close. Every other club that was in, um, I believe his region is the southeast, um, was closed. And so I think a lot of those clubs, particularly the business clubs or, or city clubs as they're called, um, they're looking for a way to interact and to give content and to um, uh, engage those members. So I would think those would probably be a, a, an area to start. I think some of the, the golf clubs, the tennis clubs, the fitness clubs, although there may, some of their members may be interested in something like that, I think you're not gonna see as much of a success because they're focused on, on very different ventures. Um, but I think your business and city clubs um, those those are probably be a, a better starting point um, to focus on. Yeah, I know somebody runs a strategic alliance or something like that that's done virtual. I I could imagine us expanding that to other clubs. Uh, what do you think, Pat? Hey, there's a possibility. Um, certainly, I know everybody has their own twist or take on uh, on uh, networking, but now that we're doing it via Zoom, uh, we might be able to expand our reaches. Um, and especially, you know, just, just here in Florida, we've got right down the road, the Citrus Club, a little bit further down the road, the uh, Tower Club. We've been, we're, um, there's multiple business clubs right here, all the way well, up in Tallahassee. And so I think I got all the business clubs, right? I think so. So, um, so yeah, I mean, there's, you know, obviously, um, you know, my license works statewide. I don't really show houses in uh, or have agents up in Tallahassee, but I know there's people from Tallahassee looking for property. I know your insurance license works in Tallahassee, just like it works in Fort Lauderdale. Um, and so, yeah, there, there is an opportunity maybe to um, make some of these uh, 
virtual offerings uh, more system-wide or even statewide or region-wide uh, because there's some natural um, carryover that could happen without, without chewing into relationships um, that are already established. So. We can expand, we don't have to do uh, competition, but one plus one equals three in synergy math. And I, I think that's a great thing. One thing that I, I think, um, Jeff, you'd probably agree that there's plenty of room for leadership, especially in a pandemic. And the center club doesn't mean we're desperate, but there's plenty of opportunity if somebody wants to step up. Like when Pat and I started this, nobody came back and says, no, 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 that's, that's my realm, you can't do that. Like it's like, hey, um, we had a lot of people say, hey, who do you need for guests? And they're willing to welcome. So, uh, but yeah, there's, there's, there's always opportunities to get involved in, in the club. Um, we have several different committees that are very much interested in growing. And so if you, you know, now that circumstances have changed and, and things are starting to open up a little bit more, if you are interested in getting more involved with some of that committee leadership, um, certainly talk to um, Ashley Adkins over at the Center Club. Um, you can certainly talk to, uh, to myself, to uh, Pat, who uh, chairs our business committee, and then, of course, Dr. Murfield, who is very active in the business committee and currently serves on our board of governors. Pat, I think it's time to wrap it up. I think we're getting there. Uh, I know our time's almost over, but we are here each Tuesday and Thursday live right here on Facebook with a special guest and a special topic. And... Uh, we're going to leave you with this with challenges come opportunities and before we say goodbye doc why don't you give our listeners a challenge i'd love to pat that the challenge is always to think bigger and i think what jeff has taught us is that there's always an opportunity if your focus is first to go out and help people you do that to help people you can take the leadership and you can end up reaching higher and doing things that you never thought possible. There's all kinds of opportunities, but it all comes back down about caring for people and helping people. And I, I love that. And um, I'm gonna challenge everybody, think bigger, get out of your own little selfish concerns and let's really look at helping each other. And when we do that, man, the, the future is a wonderful place to be. With that, Pat, I'm going to say thank you to Jeff one more time. And uh, Pat, until next time, let's do the jazz sound. Say goodbye. Sign off. See you Thursday. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. You can connect with us directly at TotalCareerGrowth.com. That's TotalCareerGrowth.com.